0: so mike i'm here
1: i wasn't expecting it i've been (laughs) planning uh the casey list paternity special um but that has not happened i have a whole thing about what i want to do when you take your inevitable week off the show which may or may not happen now because (laughs) you are in like well you and aaron are in the, the, the red zone? I don't even know what you would call it. Oh, yes. So I don't want to call it the danger zone. I don't like danger there. Like, uh, you know, but red yeah, zone yeah.
0: is maybe pretty good. Which DEFCON is bad? I always get it backwards. I think it's uh, the a
1: higher is worse. I think. Wait, I can't even tell. So you're at, you're at either DEFCON 5 1. or DEFCON 0. No,
0: DEFCON 1 you're is where 1. I'm at. So okay. that is readiness condition DEFCON 1 exercise term cocked pistol which is Mm. arguably somewhat relevant. Is that higher than 1? Not to my knowledge, no.
1: Well, then you're probably not at DEFCON 1, then. You're at DEFCON 2, right? DEFCON Uh, 1 is like we're going to the hospital right now. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so
0: we're at DEFCON 2, which is colored red, which makes sense. And that is fast pace. And the description is next step to nuclear war. Readiness, armed forces ready to to deploy and engage. Let's not use that that phrase. All right, abandon ship. Pull the ripcord, pull the ripcord. So anyway, so um, (laughs) point is, uh, Aaron is ready to pop at a moment's notice. There is actually a slim chance that she's going to barge into this room as we're recording and say, hey, we got to go.
1: There is I mean, I would find a way to salvage that, but like that would be just wonderful podcasting. Like that would be gold if like you had to leave during this. That would be yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. that would be kinda of wonderful. I guess I would monologue for a bit. Uh but yeah, I have a I have a, a plan in place if you need to take some time off. I I may even just fire you for a week from the show, um anyway, because, you know, I feel like you need your time, but
0: Yeah, I know how you are with plans that don't that you can't execute. So I suspect that you will absolutely fire me for a week. But I don't know a part of me like I don't want her to go into labor. Like, I mean, it's always going to be unexpected, but I don't Mm -hmm. want it to be so unexpected that she has to like interrupt the show. But there's a little part of me that kind of wants it to happen because and I think I've talked with you about this before. One of like the list family um, or in the list family lexicon. Is a quote from Richard Hammond during the Japan race, which I don't remember exactly what episode it was, but it was during Top Gear many years ago now. And they were racing the GTR against the bullet train. And May and Hammond are in the bullet train. And they might have been in a bus, actually, at this that point. That is
1: a classic episode.
0: Oh, so good. That is, to this day, it is either that or the Polar Special that I will show someone. If they're like, what is this Top Gear and why do I care? And I say, sit down for an hour, you're going to watch this. And it will either be the Polar Special or the Japan Special. Well, anyways, what, at one point, they're talking on the phone in Japan in, I think, a bus. And somebody comes up to Richard and is like hollering at him in Japanese and pantomiming, put the phone down, put the phone down, put the phone down. And so as he's talking to Clarkson, all of a sudden Hammond says, and forgive me for butchering your delightful accent, Mike, he says, oh, mate, got to go, got to go. And then just like hangs up the phone. And so a part of me wants to pull a, oh, mate, got to go, got to go on you and then just hang up the Skype call like you know like i would like that 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 would be it would be such a list family moment and and also a kind of a list hurley family moment since it would be Mm -hmm. a british tv show so if if suddenly you hear that exact phrase you'll know that we have we have reached defcon one things are happening
1: there is a part of me that like wants to ask this question but like is scared of the answer which is like Mm -hmm. would you would you do this on atp like would atp get that treatment or would it like if you're recording atp it's like uh gotta hold on for four hours we haven't got our follow-up yet <laughs> I <laughs> I hope you, you can get there. yourself to the uh, hospital john's talking about the t2 chip again
0: yeah yeah it, it's gonna be a while uh no <laughs> i told Erin last night before i recorded atp um don't be a hero if you mm-hmm. feel things happening i need to know that and she's like well i'll probably just shower and start putting the bag together aaron don't be a hero yeah it's let not, me know like,
1: podcasting is not that
0: important yeah, exactly. But yeah, no baby yet. Um, without getting into any of the anatomical details, I will just say very broadly that things are unequivocally starting to happen. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff that happens before, like contractions start and the actual labor process begins, and those things are definitely happening. So it is but, eminent. But, like that's but,
1: not considered in labor, right? Like that there is like correct, a, um, correct. Is it water breaking and then labor begins? Is that
0: well? There's no one true path. Okay, but yes, but you just you've got the idea.
1: Th- there's no mistake in. Well, unless it's a false labor thing, but whatever, you know what I'm talking about. You yeah, just so basically
0: the, the, the two normal paths are either the water breaks or contractions start to happen and they're regular and they're happening ever more frequently over time. Mm-hmm. So there are those like false labor pains like you were talking about where, it, oh, why are two dudes talking about this? Oh, well, anyway, uh, there, I'm told there are false labor pains where, um, it, where it seems like she's having a contraction, but then it'll just go away. And that'll be that. Or it'll happen for a few minutes and just stop. And the, the two ways you know to go to the hospital are either the contractions are regular, repeated, and increasing in frequency. Or suddenly there's a whole bunch of fluid coming out of my wife that has never happened before. And either of those things indicates, okay, it's time to go. Uh, so yeah, so neither of those things has happened as we sit here now and, uh, hopefully it won't happen in the next hour or so, but we did make it to 2018, which I'm super excited about. uh, If you recall, yeah, that, that is exciting. If you recall, we had expected it to happen at the end of 2017, which for tax purposes is a great advantage, but in every other way we didn't want, because we didn't want this kid to be in the like no man's land in between. Uh, Christmas and New Year's, we didn't really want it to be on the first or second when it's, it, it's just completely you know um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for but it's completely meshed with New Year's, and so now that we're on as we record this the fourth of January I feel like there's enough distance that we're I'm no longer telling Aaron to, you know sleep upside down so to speak you know it's <laughs> at this point it's 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 okay if it comes I feel like any sort of vain. Uh, birth date planning that we may have wanted to accomplish has been accomplished. And so at this point, we are as ready as we're ever going to be. So that's exciting.
1: Still don't know the gender?
0: Still do not know the gender. We have made it the entire way. The envelope, last I looked months ago, was still sealed. And either Erin is the best secret keeper in the world, which actually is true, or more likely she just hasn't looked either. Um, So yeah. So all all things are go, as far as I can tell. And uh, I expect it's even possible if you release this on a normal schedule that the baby will be here prior to this uh, episode being released. But with that said, something else is happening in 2018. Michael, what else is going on this year? We've crossed the threshold.
1: Uh, We are into wedding year. We're, we're into 2018. That situation is upon us. Um, (laughs) I feel good. I'm excited uh, about that. I'm excited that we are into the year that I'm getting married. I feel like the conversations are changing ever so slightly, right? I don't know. Like it, it felt like before 2018, things were kind of just like we're getting stuff ready for the wedding, which will happen at some point. But now it's like okay, there's like a really easy way to define the countdown now, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just become simpler to do the mathematics to count how many months it is. And it's happening like now, and th- and I there are things that we need to do. Uh, I'm still working on my invitations. <laughs> uh, oh, of course, you are. Uh, well, it's a it's a process. We're we're nearly done. They're nearly going to print, um, and I'm going to get those sent out. I'm very excited about that whole process. It's been a joy to work on, and things are coming together. I think. I hope. Um, it seems like it is. I mean, everybody tells us that we're on track. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know.
0: It's intense. It's exciting. I mean, it's weird when you start, when you start saying, oh, in a few months, when are you getting married? In a few months. Yeah. This coming, you know, season name, this coming summer or this coming fall or what have you. Um, Actually, strictly speaking in the alternative timeline, didn't you get married four days ago? So congratulations.
1: No, I was talking to Matt about this a couple of days ago and he said that it was just never mentioned, but it was actually New Year's Eve, 2018.
0: So as in this coming New Year's Eve.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I, I buy his answer on that one, but apparently the timeline has
0: changed. <laughs> in in the way only Bonanza can let it change. Yeah. It has changed. Yeah. So that's Fair all enough.
1: that's all Bibb I think. Yeah. <laughs> as
0: as as you do. But yeah, all all kidding aside, I mean, it is wild and and eerily I don't know if "scary" is the right word, but and, and "alarming" is not the right word, but both scary and alarming that all of a sudden it's not. Oh, sometime next year we're getting married. It's no, we're getting married, you know, this coming spring or this coming summer or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's kind of creepy in a good way, but kind of creepy. And, and suddenly everything starts to become more. I'm legal.
1: turning thirty this month.
0: That's crazy. Mm.
1: So just on that, do? super quick, super quick on that. I have two two current thoughts, maybe two and a half. Uh, man, listeners of this show may remember my existential crisis that I went through for my last birthday. <laughs> um, it seems like that the people that care about me in my life are doing and planning some things to try and make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, I think that it's going to be okay for for a couple of reasons. Um, one, uh, I've been thinking about, like, being 30, right? And and I think that I am probably exactly where I would want to be in my life, I think. Like, if you would have asked me when I was 25, like, yeah, yeah. what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? I think that I am on the good timeline. I th- I think everything's coming together <laughs> pretty well, you know, like, overall. Like, the big life stuff, like... I own a home in London and I'm getting married, right? Like this This is like a, you know, all of that stuff, it's all working out. Um, and the other, uh, when I was at PugCon, I, I was part of a conversation and somebody said something that I really liked about the idea of being late 20s and early 30s. So in your late 20s, like when you're like 28 and 29, they suck as ages because you are the oldest 20-year-olds. But, when you are thirty, you are the you are in the bracket of the youngest thirty year olds and when they said this person said this, I was like, that makes so much sense because like at twenty nine you just kind of lost like there kind of isn't there's no point to that age, there's just nothing for you there, but at least at thirty, you get to like kick start again and now you're now you've got a zero behind your age, like I don't know, so I'm hoping that that will get me through that that piece of knowledge. Um, but we'll see. I'll, we have one more episode before the big, the big three. Oh, we have two more actually, because I'm right at the end of the month, but we do have one, uh, which you will hopefully probably be on, which is the day before my birthday. So I will actually be 30 when I start recording with you. So that'll be fun.
0: Oh, oh, that's true. And if it's normal time, you will turn, well, sort of turn 30 during the recording. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. delightful.
1: Yeah. If we do normal time, but you may be on a break by that point. And uh, we're going to talk about that, I think, a little bit later on. So that's interesting.
0: Indeed. So uh, what else is interesting? Let me talk to you
1: about a new sponsor, and that is Anchor. Anchor is absolutely the fastest and easiest way for anyone, including you, to make a podcast. If you have a thing that you want to say or a moment that you want to share, you can with Anchor. You don't need a mobile recording rig. All you need to do is just download their app from the app store and record into it like you're talking on the phone. Then Anchor takes care of the rest. Like you literally, when you open Anchor, you put it to your ear and it starts recording. It's really, it's just really cool. I mean, you can use like microphone chip plug in and stuff, but this is so simple to just pick it up and talk into it. And as well as allowing you to create a quick podcast of your own, Anchor is actually a really cool social network for audio as well. You can follow people, you can call into their stations, you can leave them questions, you can request somebody to talk about something and even listen to some of your favorite people share their thoughts with you. I've been really impressed playing around Vancouver over the last few weeks as I was kind of getting ready for this stuff. And their app is wonderful. Like, it's one of the nicest, most polished apps that I've played with in a long time. Like, it feels like it's really well considered. I really like the design. It's super vibrant and, like, poppy in a way that a lot of companies are moving towards now. Um, I really, really like it. Now, I want to tell you about this, right? If you want to find out more about Anchor, there's a great way to do it. Go to my page. That is anchor.fm slash That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash You can find out more about Anchor there and you can follow me as well. Because what I'm going to be doing is a persistent audio AMA with listeners of this show. Sign up for Anchor. You can call into my station. So you follow me as a button. You can call in. You can leave a message. And I'll play back the best ones on my station and give my answers to them as well. So go to oh, anchor.fm. Cool. It is cool, right? Anchor.fm/slash Mike Hurley. Check it out and leave me an AMA question. And if it's good, I'm going to answer it. Our thanks to Anchor for their support of this show. Now that's a cool one, right? That's going to be fun. I'm yeah, looking uh, forward to that. I'm very intrigued to see what uh, feels are relayed to me there.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, AMA is ask me anything for those of you who are mm, old like me and don't good know the link. So yeah. Just FYI.
1: Could be awesome mango arrangements. Leave me
0: awesome mango arrangements
1: and I'll get back to you.
0: Awesome man adornments? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so uh, the holidays just happened. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Um, and you were you were executing the Casey Liss approved uh, mm-hmm. partner strategy, partner holiday strategy, which is you told your family, "Sorry guys, it's not your year. I'm out of it here. is Adina's year. Mm-hmm. Let's let's meet up either before, or after the official holiday. I'm going to Romania. So how was that? It was a bit of a disaster. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> what happened?
1: I got sick on Christmas Day.
0: Oh. I haven't no. told
1: you any of this, by the way. No, you haven't. No, I've been keeping it for now. I haven't mentioned it really anywhere. I got sick on Christmas Day during dinner, basically. Or maybe a little bit before. And then I stayed in bed for the rest of the trip. Three days. Oh, no. Yep. It was... That's uh, awful. Yeah. It was a bit of a situation. So I don't know what it was. Uh, I basically had super bad nausea for like four or five days don't know where it came from um i don't know if it was like a bug or i ate something that didn't agree with me like i don't know what it was um but about like lunchtime on christmas day i started to not feel too great powered through to dinner as soon as dinner was done i went back to the hotel and i stayed there for for like for three and a half days Adina um, was amazing. She kept bringing me things. I was like, t- she's telling us to go. Like, there's no point in her being now. I was just laying in bed watching video YouTube videos of-, of Tested. Have you ever have you ever heard of Tested? No. It is Adam Savage's. Uh, like he's he's part of this company and they do interesting stuff. And they have like a whole playlist of videos where he builds things. And I oh, basically cool. was just watching him build things uh for 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 like 3 days most of these videos i have watched before um but i was just like nah, i'm just going i'm just going to keep watching those and and i was just watching him build stuff and talk about his tools and stuff like that it was it was nice uh but it wasn't um it wasn't the uh the christmas that anybody signed up for
0: that stinks well it, you said it happened on christmas day mhm All right. Well, so at least you made it through a large portion of the holiday, I think, Mm, before it really hit.
1: a day and a half. Oh, never mind. So it wasn't that many, really. And I kind of felt bad. Not kind of. I did feel bad because I changed everybody's Christmas plans and then just didn't show up. And every time I was there, right? Because I I went on like the the day before we left or something, I went up to to like to see everyone and i've just felt so sick that i could barely talk so like even when i was around i wasn't very sociable Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't the best start for romanian christmas um nothing's gonna stop me from going back i'm gonna keep going back we're gonna keep doing this until we can work out how i'm supposed to do this uh, but, I I mean, look, you know, Adina and everyone was super great. They're all super lovely. But I, I really do feel like I kind of just ruined an entire family's Christmas. That's, that's how I feel, right? Because it's like, hey, come to a different city. And, like, I mean, there were, as I said, there were benefits for everyone to be there. But it was like everybody changed their traditions to, like, kind of help incorporate me. And then I just... Mm-hmm just wasn't there and it, it was nobody's fault but it's just i don't know it just makes me feel a little bit bad really that's terrible. well i don't know if it, so maybe sorry. somebody poisoned me but like i don't think that was the case <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh if they're anything like adina if adina's family's anything like adina and and it stands to reason they are uh i can't imagine they poisoned you but that is terrible like what a crummy set of circumstances and yeah. I feel awful for all you guys yeah how was your christmas uh mine was good. Um my so if you recall I'm the eldest of three boys and um the uh two brothers of mine live in California in Southern California and so uh, my brother, Adam, who has a seven-month-old son, uh, he and his wife and his son, they all came in. And then my brother, Brady, and his long-term girlfriend actually executed a Casey-style partner Christmas, um, even despite the fact that they're not, like, engaged or married or anything, which I was very impressed by. Um, and I love both the girls, women, I guess I should say. Actually, they're, <laughs> I talk about them like they're 12, because I think of my brothers as 12 to this day. But anyways, uh, it was my brothers and their, their partners and in one case their son and we all descended upon my parents house which is about a a little under an hour west of where i live here in virginia and so everyone was in mom and dad's house for like Four or five nights, um, and then my grandparents, my mom's parents, actually drove down from northeast northeastern Pennsylvania. They actually live right by Scranton. If that, if you've ever seen The Office, my understanding is that takes place in the Scranton area, and that's actually where they live. And so they came down from the Scranton area and also visited with us. So they stayed in a hotel a few miles down the road. And it was great to see everyone. I get to see this family exceptionally rarely, which makes me super-duper sad. And so it was super awesome to see everyone. Uh, That being said, you put this many adults who now have their own families in the same house for four days, and everyone gets a little tense by the end of it. But nonetheless, it was a really good time. I think everyone was kind of relieved when it was time to go. Not that we don't love each other to death, but at the same time, it was... It was nice to have our space back, and I know that everyone else felt the same way. And it was also a little challenging because, you know, mom and dad have a nice house, but it's not like a 14-bedroom mansion or anything. So, you know, we, all three of us, Declan, Aaron, and I stayed in the same bedroom, which is not something we normally do. And the first night especially, Declan was like begging to come in our bed, and then you have to have the civil war that night of, no, you can't get in the bed because if if you acquiesce the first night, that means you've effectively acquiesced for every night. So the first night, you know, none of us slept. And then after that, it actually got a lot better. But um, by and large, it was really good. Um, It was great to see Declan really enjoying Christmas because last year at, you know, a little over two years old, he sort of got it. But this year, I think he really understood it. And um, and so he was really excited by it. And it's just even though all we really did for like four straight days was sit around the house and talk and occasionally play games. Just being able to do that with family I don't get to see very often is some of my favorite times in the world. And so I'm so thankful that my brothers came in, that my grandparents came down, my parents hosted, and that we were able to do that. And it was really great. And uh, one one nice bonus was, very unexpectedly, uh, well, we had expected to go back home and sleep at our house, you know, the day before everyone flew back to California, but unexpectedly my family said, "Hey, you know, you've told us about these crazy Christmas lights that are all over Richmond, this tacky light tour thing. Maybe we could do like a maybe we could come in from from where they live, you know, in about an hour west. Maybe we can come in as a group, do like a hyper-abridged version of the tacky light tour, and then they'll go back home to their place so they can all pack and get ready for the flight the next day." And we were able to do that, which was super awesome because if you've never been to Richmond, Virginia around Christmas time, it's hard to really describe what tacky, the Tacky Light Tour is like. And I think we've talked about this a couple of times on the show in the past, so mm-hmm. I won't belabor it. But but suffice it to say, these are houses that will spend, you know, they'll have over 100,000 Christmas lights. Their electricity bill will be over $1,000 a month for the couple of months, you know, between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And it is truly a tremendous thing to see and, and being able to take my brother's you know cuz my parents have seen this before we've done a Taculate tour with them before cuz they're not that far away but my brothers had never really had the opportunity to do this and they were they were good sports about it my brothers and their their partners were good sports about it and they were like okay yeah yeah, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine and then they saw these houses and were like <gasps> whoa oh okay I get it this was worth it you know <laughs> and so it was nice that um it was nice that I felt kind of vindicated by that, you know, so all in all really good time. New Year's was pretty mellow by design because we didn't know if Aaron was going to pop. Obviously she didn't, but it was just the two of us. We caught up on agents of shield uh, while Declan was asleep until the ball dropped. Uh, We watched the ball drop, then rolled over and passed out because we were exhausted. And that's what happens when you're, well, when I'm at least 35 years old and have a toddler and one on the way, but how was your new year's
1: before that? Actually, I have a question for you. Me and Dina sure. were talking about this a couple of days ago, and I wondered mm-hmm. what the situation was for you. Um, mm-hmm. How do you in, how do you integrate and mix Hanukkah
0: and Christmas? So there isn't really much of a mix, and that's in some part because it's not often that Hanukkah and Christmas overlap. It does happen for sure, okay. but it's but so around
1: the same time. I mean, like I'm a little oh, ignorant absolutely. here. Mm-hmm. I don't sure. know a ton about Judaism um Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean because i don't know i don't know why that is but like i feel like it's not as prevalent here i guess where i am in london i don't know i don't know what the situation is but i feel like that more of my friends that are in america either have a tie to it or more knowledge about it than me i guess i'm just a little bit ignorant so i was just wondering
0: well your entire country had or has a state church is that still a thing that's not a thing right it is like i think we need to get into that well, all I'm saying is I, I'm trying to give you an excuse for not really mm-hmm. knowing much about this. Um, yeah, so Hanukkah it's based off of the the Jewish calendar, of which I don't really understand at all. But what I do know is it is almost always in early to mid December, and occasionally will flex into Thanksgiving time ish, or occasionally will flex into Christmas Christmas time ish. But generally speaking, it's you know early to mid December and. Uh, basically what we did growing up and what we've carried on with Declan is there will be one night of Hanukkah, which for us was the first night. And in retrospect, I'm not sure why. And so Aaron said to me, no, let's do that the last night. And that's what we did this year. But one of the nights you'll get like a legitimate gift, like a really nice gift, like a video game or something along those lines. And the rest of the nights you're getting socks and pencils and, you know, school supplies and stuff like that. this is what I was
1: interested about. So you do Hanukkah gifts and Christmas
0: gifts? That's right. And that's how I grew up, was that I would get Hanukkah and Christmas, which sounds amazing because it's
1: incredible. Like Mm -hmm. if if you're if you're a kid who has ties to like Judaism and either Christianity or just the general practice of Christmas, right? That is like a that is a great situation to be in.
0: Well, yes, but remember that it's one really, really good gift. And then a bunch of garbage. Yeah,
1: but it's still (laughs) gifts, like, every day. Sure. And then you take, like, a week break, maybe, and then you get a bunch more.
0: Yeah, and that's basically what it was for Declan. Yeah, so Declan would get, like, a a single Hot Wheels car for one night. Or Mm -hmm. he would get, like, I don't know, something that we bought at a Dollar Tree, you know, which is a store where everything either costs a dollar or maybe at most, like, five bucks. Like, everything in the store, you know? So he got, like, something that literally cost us a dollar. And then the final night, we got him... Um, it's hard to describe, but it's basically like a toddler or a kid's aged book where it has a little stylus and you can get, well, it's not a book. It's like a... Like a device, right? And so you open this device up, you can plug in books, and then it has a little stylus, and as he pushes the stylus down on different pictures in the book, it'll talk to you about what it's doing. And so you can play little games, and, you know, like, where's the panda? And he has to put the stylus down on the panda, and what shape is green, I've and what, what color like is green, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. that was his big gift for Hanukkah. And then for Christmas, amongst his gifts, you know, Santa brought him a couple of new books For that device does that make sense so Mm. you know maybe he had like an animals book oh yeah yeah, and and then and then we got him like a shapes book and and i don't know whatever the case may be so in any case uh yeah so his last night and that's what we'll do going forward his last night was the big gift uh, but it did not overlap this particular year um
1: for families that don't celebrate christmas but celebrate hanukkah are the gift situation different? Like, do you get better gifts for the whole time? It's eight days, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's eight. It's eight crazy nights, as Adam Sandler mm-hmm. said. And uh, you know, I don't know how that works. Mm. Um, I never really asked Dad how he grew up, and I'm not terribly close with anyone that's str- well, that I can think of, anyways. That is, str- I, mean, I know plenty of people that are 100 percent Jewish, including some co-hosts on this network. But I, I don't. I don't know of anyone that i've ever talked to about like the gift scenario like i've never talked to steve or lex about what their gift giving strategy is you know what i mean so um i'm not sure how that works to be honest with you
1: okay thank you for the basic education that i, that I did <laughs> need and kind of wanted so thank you my that. pleasure
0: all right let me take a break and we'll
1: talk about new years uh yes <laughs> you know i was thinking about this show today like i love the people that listen to this show because they are literally just people that care about our lives yeah. Right, like, yeah that's the, super, why else are you listening? Cool. Like and and yeah. I just want to say, like, you know, we've moved into another year for again a reason that I don't fully understand. The audience for this show is growing. So thank you so much for listening to this show because it means a lot to me and Casey because really we're very close friends who get to have a phone call and catch up on a bi weekly basis, and you just get to hear that. So we love you and thank you for choosing to spend your time with us whenever you do. So
0: yep. It's funny trying to describe this show because, you know, I'll say, oh, I have, you know, this show where I talk about, you know, nerdy Apple stuff and this other show. And well, it's supposed to be about like feelings and how they relate to your devices. But that kind of isn't hasn't been the thing for like two years now. And so it's. I don't know. It's just kind of like a human interest show about me and my friend, which sounds really self-involved, but that's kind of what mm-hmm. it's turned into. Yeah, and the it's fact that any and the fact that any of you listen to it is super flattering. And 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 I would like to echo what Mike said. And and I'm deeply thankful for every single one of you, beautiful nerds, to, to steal line from Roman Mars. Um, I'm super thankful for it, and I am glad that you continue to let us relay our feels in your direction, and that you uh, relay your feels in our direction.
1: I met Roman Mars. He's a nice guy. Today's show is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just $5 a month. And you'll be up and running of your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Takes no time at all. Linode offer industry leading performance with native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network and Intel E5 processors. Now they have 10 data centers that are spread all across the globe, meaning that they can serve your customers even quicker than ever before. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud and everything is manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and no balances. Linode has a fantastic set of pricing options available. Their plans start uh, with one gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM which is some serious stuff. As a listener of this show, if you you sign up at linode.com/analogue and use the code analogue2018. You'll not only be supporting us, but you'll be getting twenty dollars towards any Lino plan. So go to linode.com/analogue, sign up, check it out, or you can use the code analogue2018, and you'll get a twenty dollars towards any Lino plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months that you can get. So that's pretty pretty sweet. You can go and get yourself four or three months of a virtual server. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So once again, linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code analog2018 at checkout. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show. So how was New Year's then?
0: Yeah, so New Year's was mellow, but good. You know, like I said, we were just kind of chilling in bed, watching TV, catching up on TV, and then... Uh, going to sleep as soon as the ball dropped. But you had a different New Year's uh, from what I gather, or if not New Year's itself, then the surrounding days. So tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So we had some visitors in town. So the Arments were here um, for New Year's. So we got to spend some time with them. Um, I was feeling better by this point, which was great news. So they came over to London and we got to do something that I really like to do when we can do it. Uh, We got to take them to some of our favorite places. So, like, some of our favorite places to eat, including a pizza place, which they decreed tastes pretty much as good as New York-style pizza. Just want to say, it is my favorite place. There's a few of them. It's called Voodoo Ray's. And I took the almonds to one of them, and they confirmed what I believe which is that this is the closest to New York pizza that you can get in London and is my favorite pizza in London. So I was very, very, very happy about that, that I got to get that stamped. I got the stamp of approval from some real-life New Yorkers that it is good stuff. So I was, I was very happy about that. Um, what else did we... Oh, we brought them over to, uh, to the flat and got to show them our home, which was lovely. And they had some gifts for us, Casey, which... I've told you about. Mm-hmm. Made you very excited. Mm-hmm. They brought uh, oh, us. No, 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 a... no, no. no, no. Uh. It, they did,
0: it did not make me very excited. It made me extraordinarily excited, my friend. I was, and I was also not aware that this was going to happen. Like all of a sudden, I think you just sent me a picture and 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 said, "Look what I have," or something along those mm-hmm. lines. And it took me a half second to realize what it was, but I quickly realized what you were showing me, and I was. Overjoyed because I was not let in on this joke. Like the Armants did this entirely of their own accord. And I am quite happy that they did because what did they bring you, Mike?
1: Uh, A little dipper crock pot, which is this tiny little crock pot thing.
0: That's designed for like dips and things like that. Yeah. So it's it's called a little cheese or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two
1: tins of Rotel and a bar of Velveeta. That is
0: fantastic and this
1: was because remember i told you when we were talking about this a while back when i was uh when i was over in america we were together and i tried this dip which was made of all of these ingredients and one of these things and i really liked it like it was Mm -hmm. a good way to eat Velveeta and i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it i mean i will say this was a different style of Velveeta to the one that i had before right the shadows and cheese one is kind of more it comes more gooey this is like this big block of like it's disgusting it's disgusting like if
0: you you really think about it yes
1: the way that it comes to you like the way that you deal with it is terrible any food right which is like oh you can store it in a cupboard forever but as soon as you open it put it in the fridge and consume it within two months like anything in that kind of situation when it's telling you it's cheese that's not you know it's not it's not on the up and up but if you want a dipping cheese, if you want to have some chips, some crisps, and you want to dip them in the inner cheese, Velveeta is the is the best because it's made for that, right? Like it's made to be made to just turn into this goop. And it was great and we loved it. And the other thing, because it turns into the weird stuff again, super easy to clean out of the thing. I thought it was gonna be a nightmare. <laughs> but it turns into this like weird. I don't know rubber again and it's yeah. pretty easy to get out of the crockpot. And so that's what me and Eden so for New Year's uh, me and Eden just spent the time at home as we tend to do. Uh I'm not a huge fan of of New Year's parties in general. Um so we spent New Year's at home and we uh watched some te- watch a bunch of Wes Anderson movies. You know a little Wes Anderson marathon and we ate a metric ton of tortilla chips. <laughs> uh, and we had the little Rotel peppers in there and uh and the sausage. Not sausage, we didn't you, know, you want us to add sausage, maybe next time. Uh tomatoes, and uh yeah, it was fantastic. And then on New Year's Day uh, mate, wait hold on before you uh, get to on. new year's before mm-hmm. you get to new
0: year's day mm-hmm. uh i have i have thoughts first of all i you you took the words right out of my mouth if you want to level up your rotel and velveeta game the way to do that is indeed to add some sausage so you get some sausage some like crumbled sausage bits or you know mm-hmm. i'm sure you could find well i shouldn't lecture you on sausage you are much better the, the brits really and truly understand sausage in a way that I don't think most Americans do. Including I wouldn't me. put that so,
1: kind of sausage in this though. It would be an Italian style sausage, but yeah. Carry and, on.
0: That, and actually, yes, that's what I would recommend. See, you're way ahead of me, like mm-hmm. I said. But um, anyways, you you know, put that in a pan, get that you know cooked up, and throw that in as well, and that adds like that little extra, you know, to the to the Velveeta Rotel combination that is really tremendous. Um, I have a question though. The question I have is, how much do the arments love you? Because the answer is obviously quite a bit to have brought you all of these things. But does your little dipper have a removable carafe thing or whatever you call it? Like, does the porcelain piece come out for I don't know. cleaning purposes? I didn't try. See, that's that's the difference between a good little dipper and a bad one. And I don't know if, like, the, the one I'm thinking of maybe is a different brand name, but there are some that when you clean it, you have to put like the entire apparatus in the sink. Now, granted, it's not very big. It's about the size of a can of soda roughly, but it's still, you're putting all these electronics in the sink and it just seems bad. But some of them, the little, it's not a carafe. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but ramekin maybe, whatever it is, the little piece of Mm -hmm. porcelain will come out of the little dipper, which makes it super duper easy to clean. So I'm just going to
1: say, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what, one they bought me, they wrapped oh, no, I I-
0: two tins of Rotel
1: and <laughs> a bar of Velveeta and brought it to the UK. And,
0: and got it through customs, no less. Oh,
1: well, that's another thing because the uh, the, the Velveeta uh, had to be re-wrapped with some tape from our friends at the TSA. Oh, God. They opened it and then they they, they wrapped it again and just put some TSA tape on it, which is actually kind of wonderful. And mm-hmm. honestly, yeah, I'm kind of course. pleased that They did because that just looks like a bar of plastic explosives. (laughs) Right? That's what Velveeta looks like. They didn't open anything else. They opened the Velveeta for good reason. So, yeah, and then we all spent New Year's Day together in a big group and just ate lots of food and just spent a lot of time uh, in London, and it was wonderful. I had an excellent New Year, which I think is actually – so I had a not-too-great Christmas uh, because I was sick. I had a really lovely New Year. And now I feel like I'm in, like, some post-holiday funk of some description. Like, the last couple of days, I kind of haven't wanted to do anything. I don't know know what the situation is. I've kind of just been like, ugh. So I'm on, on, (laughs) like, a downer after, like, what was an absolutely excellent couple of days. Um, I'm now kind of just, like, I'm just sad in a way, which is kind of strange.
0: But there you go. Eh, I don't think that's strange, especially this time of year. Like... I can't speak for how London is. I know I make fun of you for being gray all the time. But, I mean, all snark aside, it's not—it's been just tremendously cold here. The weather hasn't been terribly great. It did snow last night, so at least we have the snow to go along with this ridiculous cold. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of long for the time when I can go out without bundling up for 10 minutes and and just kind of frolic and do whatever. Um, And, you know, after after all the excitement of Christmas and New Year's, I don't don't blame you at all for being a little— kind of mopey about everything but you know what you need to do is you need to pick up uh rocket league and we need to play a little of that or mario kart together and that'll that'll set you straight
1: rocket league's good man i, th- yeah. I, th- I should have recommended that one to you it's a good game
0: it shouldn't be good like why is this game fun it's cars playing soccer that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard rocket league
1: phenomenon It's huge it's super
0: game. fun and i'm terrible at it but can still you know, I'm, I'm terrible at it but can still enjoy it which is really exciting so
1: I have a question for you. I've been thinking about something.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So you are, as uh, we spoke about you're going on like a sabbatical or some description uh, for how many yeah. weeks is it?
0: It's kind of whatever I want. Um, Basically, I had planned on taking January and February off back when I thought that the kid was going to arrive in late December. So I figure it'll be roughly two months. You know, some of that will be paternity leave, which means it'll be paid. Um, And that was actually an advantage of of Sprague coming in 2018 was that. Uh, because of a change in company policy, instead of getting two weeks of paternity leave, I get three weeks. And if that sounds barbaric, and I made this joke on ATP last night, if that sounds barbaric to you, welcome to America. Because the fact that I get any paternity leave at all is stunning, and and getting three weeks is unheard of. So I did kind of win the lottery in that regard, uh, but the reason we wanted you know he or she to stay inside was just because we wanted them to be away from mm. Christmas and New Year's. Anyway, the point is, uh, I'll take my three weeks of paternity leave, and I figure I'll take... Probably another four to six weeks on top of that. So all told, roughly eight weeks, roughly two months of leave, all when it's all said and done, or thereabouts.
1: Mm, sounds like you've broken the agreement and fractured the timeline again. uh Oh, how so? Well, you just you, you just said I spoke about oh that with NTP ATP, last yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've broken the agreement and therefore well, fractured I the didn't timeline bring it again.
0: Up. I didn't bring it up. Blame no, but Mr. That's, that's
1: not how this works. That's not how this works. There is a the, We signed the agreement. If you don't remember signing it, that's not my problem.
0: I see. I see. Okay.
1: We don't talk about Intel processors on in this show. Mm-hmm. Right? We can. Would you like to? No, absolutely not. I would not want to do that. So here's my question for you. Sure. I have wondered if you have fully considered the long-term ramifications of your extended time off if thinking about the siren song of fun employment.
0: It's funny you bring this up because in this fractured time. Oh, you've done it. Uh, what
1: are you doing? Yeah, well, so look, okay, it's, we it's recorded uh, fault, okay? this is
0: all different than
1: the usual. We have recorded
0: after ATP
1: but before I could hear it. So sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a group effort. So last night, uh, Marco surprised me and staged a bit of an in- intervention, which I truly did not expect. And in retrospect, I should have expected it, but I did not expect it. And he basically said to me, and and I hope I'm doing it justice in how he was paraphrasing or in, in my paraphrasing it. But basically, he said, "Hey, look, you're gonna have two months when you don't have the obligations of your jobby job. Now is the perfect and per- and perhaps only opportunity you have in order to." try to make something happen for yourself and be able to leave your jobby job, you know, in in order to go independent. And as John quickly pointed out before I got the chance to, well, Marco, it's not quite like that. What's happening is I'm trying to keep the family afloat, you know, not financially. I mean, just literally, well, not literally, but I'm just trying to keep everyone alive, you know, keep Declan from hating this new baby. That's taking all of our attention, keep the baby breathing, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not like I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs for two months, although that would be lovely. Um, But that doesn't mean Marco's wrong, either. No,
1: you will have extra time that you wouldn't have. Like, I know you're mm -hmm. going to be doing a lot of stuff and you're going to be taking care of things, but there will be time in there that wouldn't have existed if you were at your job for eight hours a day. Like, that's got to be true, surely.
0: Yeah, I I would hope. And, I mean, it's it's going to be tough because basically any time that Declan is awake, he's used to having one or both of us give him our undivided attention. And that's not going to be the case anymore. So... During the hours of roughly 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., I well, really closer to 8 actually, p.m., uh, I'm going to presumably be concentrating on Declan mm-hmm. because Aaron will have to be concentrating on the baby. But it, it, leaving that aside, like your point and Marco's point really isn't unfair. That I will, it's
1: like, okay, it's not an ideal time, mm-hmm. but it is maybe the best possible time. Like, you're not going to have yeah, yeah, anything yeah. kind of like this, right? Because once you're back to work again, and you come home, and you'll be doing all of that stuff anyway, right? So, like, yeah, 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 you may at least find some pockets of time in your day that that wouldn't exist. Again, exactly. We all appreciate that. Like, I mean, I can't even begin to appreciate how much work it will be at the beginning with the new baby. But I do believe, in theory, there could be some extra pockets yeah, yeah. of time for you.
0: So with that, with that in mind, let's just take it as as writ for the rest of the conversation. That I'll have some spare time. Um, what Marco was saying was, "Hey, listen, you know, now's your chance to start like a iOS consulting business or something along those lines." And I and I think that that's kind of what you're bringing up as well. Is that this is an opportunity for me to perhaps explore alternative mechanisms of getting money uh, into the house? And it's tough because, and I'm trying not to just completely rehash all of what ATP said, but it, it's tough because. I don't really feel like I want to leave my job unless I know I have like at least a couple of months of time spoken for. So what I mean by that is I've actually, even before yesterday's conversation on ATP, I had started to approach some of my friends that are independent iOS developers and say to them, hey, you can't probably afford to carry a second full-time developer. You know, let's pick on underscore, for example. Hey, underscore, I know you can't afford me. And I don't mean that in a like snooty, obnoxious way. And it's just a running an independent business is hard, right? And so he's not like, you know, bathing in money Scrooge McDuck style. So I know you can't afford, underscore, an entire second developer's salary. But do you think you could shave off like maybe five hours a week or 10 hours a week? And if I go to Marco, let's say, and I say, hey, Marco, I know you can't afford an entire second developer's salary, but do you think you could shave off like, five hours a week or 10 hours a week. Well, if enough of my friends or even friends of friends can give me little bits of time, you know, five hours here, 10 hours there, five hours, another place, I can add up to 40 hours and 40 isn't necessarily like the be all end all number, but that's what Americans consider to be full time. And so, you know, if I can get myself near to 40, then it stands to reason that I'll be okay. You know what I mean? I
1: really, really hope that you have something set up that when people hear this, they can tell you because like all of our listeners and all of your listeners are hearing this and they may be like oh I know someone or I need someone I <laughs> I desperately hope Casey that you have some mechanism in place for contact by the time these episodes broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I think tell it's me my email. You do.
0: It's my email and so god god rest my poor soul.
1: I think that you should like you know seriously think about having a little link over on at caseylist.com which says like <laughs> hey, you know like genuinely like if you haven't thought of this you need to think of this because there might be people that are like oh I got an idea but there's, there's no way to get in touch with you so you should maybe have like a big contact button uh sitting right there I hope very heavily yeah. marked out and that should be on the top <laughs> of your list of things to do in the next yeah, 24 sure. hours provided that no baby comes
0: <laughs> we'll see but yeah I mean and so he was basically saying look you know no matter how you slice it this is your chance this is the time to do it and maybe like I'm not I'm not actively leave looking. I'm not even really passively looking to leave my job. But what he's saying, and I think what you're implicitly saying, if I gave you a chance to talk, mm-hmm. is, is the same. Which is, this is the moment in which it makes a lot of sense potentially for it to be to happen. In a lot of ways, it makes well, no sense because I'm, you know, it's it's a mo- it's the most stressful time of my life bringing a new child in. I
1: think we're coming at this from different places, Mia mm-hmm. It's slight, like, but like the same idea, but different places. I think this is going to be the most painful period of time for you to return Mm -hmm. that that's what i i think less about like having the time and more about the going back to work my concern for you is what that looks like in mid-march when you're going back into the office that that's what i consider to be the big problem here is less of like what it feels like the day-to-day on the time off But what it feels like the day to day when you go back—that's that's that's your risk area. So you know that's why like being able to try and think about this, even think about this, and get a plan in place during this period of time. Not necessarily start doing things. Like if this is the thing that you want to do, clearly it is because you've already started asking people, right? Like I think at this point, I think at this point Marco did, but yeah, no, no. You said like you spoke to underscore. You said that. Now mm-hmm. you're only doing that if you want to do this. Right? Like you're not doing this as like, oh, I had like a fun idea. I'm perfectly happy with my current working situation. But maybe I'll just start asking people if they need any part. No. You have you this is somewhere in your brain, this is like a done deal, right? I'm not saying that you've believed that, but there is a part of your brain <laughs> that is like, this is what we're gonna do. So that is my Concerns like If you are feeling that, then it is very likely that this is a thing that you will only feel more of as time goes on, especially as the circumstances change. So my feeling is that you at least need to come out of this period of time with some kind of plan that you can work to if this is something that you seriously want to do. Because look, you may be like, heck no, could I work in this house every day? Right, like that. That might be how you come out of it on the other end. Who knows? <laughs> but like, sure. I I think that it is very important that you at least know what you are feeling by the time that this period of time is over, and that you have something in your mind written down, spoken through, which is like, this is what I need to do. This is how I can do it. That's what I hope for. And I don't know if you've realized this or put these pieces together. Do you find it funny that me and Marco are both coming at you in like some kind of pincer
0: movement right now?
1: <laughs> do you think that this is a funny situation considering we've just spent a bunch of time together?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't right? put that together. But do you yeah. see what's okay, going on enough. right
1: now? Like this wasn't planned. That I that I didn't know you guys were talking about this last night. But I do know that we've been talking about you. So <laughs> everyone cares about you and wants you to be happy, and you are in. a a good situation where you could maybe make this happen for yourself where most people aren't when they're in the, you know, you have a very successful and stable side business, which isn't even the one that you're trying to start. (laughs) You're in a, you're in a a very good, like you're in a better place than I was. Like if this is a thing you are, I didn't have a second side business that was incredibly stable and successful. Right, the mm-hmm. uh, other than the other one I was trying to start. I didn't have an iOS app development business running in the background when I was starting my podcast network. All right? Like what you're saying, I mean I know that there is a part of you that wants to just be a podcaster, but I think there's also a part of you that wants to still be a developer. So like you already have the podcaster side business down. That is locked down, and that is successful. You yeah. now need to just yeah, do right. the other part. You're in a very good situation. Uh, and I know it's tricky, obviously, like, whoa, what a crazy time to do it when I have a second baby. But I know that you have savings as well, because I just know the type of person you are. So <laughs> the thing is, like, whilst these sometimes seem like the worst possible times to do things, they actually can also be the best possible times to do things. Logistics and emotions don't necessarily intertwine.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's it's tough. Like, I think in in my most perfect of perfect worlds, what I would do for a living is podcasting, making car videos from time to time, and some sort of project of my own. Like, you know, something like an Overcast, although presumably considerably less intricate. Yeah, I get you. And I don't don't know what that would be necessarily. But basically, I am creating things not only for myself, but for other people to consume or buy or whatever. Um, But perhaps as a stopgap to get to that point, especially since I don't have any, I have I have one side project, side development project I've been working on, but it's very small and I don't know if anyone else would really care about it. So,
1: And just for the sake of saying, Casey will not tell me what this is. That's a whole other thing.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, I, I could tell you, but I'm not telling you right now. But anyways, it's suffice to say it's very small and minor, and it's just scratching my own itch. But the point I'm driving at is, you know, in a perfect world, I would just do a bunch of product stuff. And, well, you know, one tier of the three-legged monster would be some sort of iOS app. Another tier would be podcasting, and another tier would be YouTube-related stuff. Which, by the way, uh, my gimbal arrives today, supposedly.
1: Wow, look at you now. Did you get the Osmo? I know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, as 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 well, I as I do, just in order to be more like Mike, because you gotta be you is, gotta be like Mike.
1: No, I have a whole I have a whole thing that I'm not want to get into right now about YouTube, but like I'll get into at some point in the future. Um, but the thing is, like that's all right. That's the basis of your plan. Like the dream is there, but you can like do a part of it, right? So like you don't have to have your own app that's successful right now. But you can replace that with development projects for other people oh, yeah a hundred the moment that you have a thing that makes sense, right, but like the you know the point is you are on the edge here, right, like this is it you you really are at that point in your life right now where you need to make that decision because the I'm not saying you have to do it like tomorrow, <laughs> but I feel like potentially. And correct me if I'm wrong. You haven't decided yet if no, you're going I to pro- right. So you need to decide like now. Now's the time, man. Trust me. Like this is your moment. It is now. Yeah. You don't have to decide, make your decision, and do it next week. Sure, sure, sure. But like you need to to decide. Like, am I going to actively progress and move this forward as my future? everyone in your life believes that you should maybe except for John. I don't know. I haven't, I don't know his <laughs> fault. I mean, I'm not making a joke, right? But like, I know. I, I think he, he would maybe be the most cautious in this scenario, but I think everybody else in your life, you know, a lot of people that are self-employed, I would say that they all believe that you should do this because you can do it. I believe in you uh, because you're a talented individual. You shouldn't have to work for anybody other than yourself. That's that's my opinion. So yeah. it's up to you, but know that this is how I feel. Uh, if that means anything in the long run,
0: this pincher attack—you really—the two of you are intercepting me. Something fierce, we did not plan this, but obviously we've both. It, it been is well executed, though. I'm just saying, man,
1: you have a, a pretty good support system in place. And seriously, like, restructure your contact page. Put the email link right at the top. Like, you are saying to the world. Of nerds, I might need an iOS job. Right? Like, I would expect that you have a non trivial amount of people that have someone that they could put you in touch with. Yeah. So, I will say it to our nerds directly if you need or know someone who <laughs> needs <laughs> iOS work, just send Casey an email. Go to slash contact oh and you'll find all the links that you need right there. I'm just saying, right? Like, if, why, why, You're you know,
0: lose it. You're going to lose it when you hear the end of ATP because Marco made that speech like four times. Like If all you're right. looking for someone to help you with I, I'm not upset. Again, like it's just hilarious. I'm not going to lose it YouTube. because
1: all it does is just, it just reiterates the conversation yeah, the two yeah. of us had where we spoke about this exact thing of saying on our shows, why don't you hire Casey? So hire Casey. And when you go to caseylist.com, you're going to see a very clearly marked contact button because he will have done that by the time the show goes up. And you'll oh, see, see an email link that is right there, right at the very top that you can just press. And it will just open an email app, and you'll be like, hey, Casey, I think I can help you.
0: Help me help you, right?
1: Yeah, help oh, yeah, yeah. him to help you, right? That's how it goes.
0: All right. Let's, uh, let's quickly bang through this uh, Crash Course <laughs> Computer Science. Um, kind,
1: of, kind of bullying. This is kind of bullying. But this is the it's, nicest possible bullying in that we're is, trying to is. help your life because we care about you and we love you. But yes, no, we are going to do our first episode of Computer Science Club. But before we do that, let me take a moment to thank Squarespace and to offer code Fields to check out. You'll get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. That'll you easily create the website that you have in your brain for that next idea. Maybe you are looking to start your own side business. Squarespace is a fantastic place to start because you can get yourself a unique domain name, take advantage of award-winning beautiful templates, get advantage of 24-7 support in case you need anything, I have everything Squarespace. They are the all-in-one package. They are the all-in-one platform. There is nothing to install. No patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. Whatever you whatever type of website you want to build, Squarespace has the tools. They've got you covered. They can give you online store functionality, blog functionality, portfolio, music player. They can put maps. You can have specific templates for your type of business even. They've got it all. Squarespace plans start... You can set up contact forms. Talking about that, right? You could have a whole contact form. You could type it all in. You don't even need to send an email because it goes directly to your email address. Or even... To like a google sheet it's fantastic so many great integrations their plans start at just 12 dollars a month you can sign up for a trial with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com then when you decide to sign up use the offer code feels at checkout and you'll get 10 percent of your first purchase and show your support for this show our thanks to squarespace make your next move make your next website you should support it because you support it you support casey right everyone (laughs) wants to support casey (laughs) everybody loves him squarespace.com
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Ever, no, I hope so, that you feel
1: the love through all of this. No, 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 this. no, I absolutely do. I absolutely okay. do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> after, uh, I don't. I hope he won't be upset if, by me saying this. But after we turned off the live stream last night, Marco was like, "We're still friends, right?" I was like, "Yes, of course." Like this is this <laughs> I, is all I can, purely out of love for no, you. No, no, I know, you know, I know. And and it was obvious the the way Marco was talking about it. Like he was beating me up a little bit, but it was clear that it was from a place of love, not a place of angst. So, and the same applies to you. No, I appreciate what the two of you are doing. And even <laughs> even if it ends up that I go chrome. Back, back to my jobby job it, it still means a lot that you guys were nice enough to at least give me a shove in this direction
1: I, yeah, I it because I feel like it's really important for me to underline the point that having a job is not a bad thing like it is perfectly great, and everyone needs it and there has to be people that like I need employees right like now and in the future like jobs are a good thing to have, but if you do think about the fact that you do want to maybe be self employed one day and you have a route to do that, then maybe it's something that you should approach. Self-employment isn't for everyone. I will say that right now. It is not because like I have my dream job, but I also have my not dream job, right? That's what comes to self-employment. You have to do the thing you want, but you also have to do the rest of the stuff. And not everybody (laughs) wants to do that. Not everybody should do that because you know what? Some of it really sucks, right? Like some of it is just like admin crap and taxes and invoice. Like it's just stuff you don't want to do. Right? You have to do because you have to do all of it. But if you are of an inclination that you are the type of person that might enjoy it, which you are, you might, you might not, but you are in the might club, right? That you should think about it. And if you have it in front of you, you should maybe take it. And that's why we're doing this. But uh, self employment is not for everyone and it shouldn't be either.
0: Yeah.
1: Crash Course, Early Computing. Computer Science. Crash Course, Computer Science, Early Computing. Is the episode that we're talking about today. I watched it today, so it would be fresh in my mind. And I will say right off the bat that I am super on board with us progressing this as a thing to go into the future. Because I really enjoyed it, and I learned some super interesting things today. I wasn't expecting to learn as much as I was going to learn, but I should have because Crash Course is built to teach you stuff. And I did. (laughs) Um, What I thought we could do as a structure for these... Mm -hmm. I tell you the things I learned today.
0: That sounds good. I right? like
1: that. Because that's what this is all about. This is really to teach Mike about computers at a more base level. Uh, and that's what I'm getting out of this. They even, you know, so like, okay, the host. Carrie ann is amazing, and she's British, so it helps me, because I hear a British accent, which every time I've ever learned something in my life, i.e. school, it was taught to me by a British person, <laughs> by and large. There are a lot of Australian teachers uh, in my school, but mostly British accents, so that feels normal to me. It feels like I'm back at school again. And they, there's a couple of things that they said that I really liked. Uh, she said that, we're not going to teach you how to program. It's not what this is. It is about the basics. Of computing is to teach you about all of the layers of abstraction of computers, which is a really beautiful term because that's all computers are, right? Like it's just layers upon layers of things that help make a thing work. And she was even saying that like certain types of people that do things with computers don't understand the three layers of abstraction below them. Like that's not what this is about. That's not what computing's about, right? And but it's all this. This course is meant to help better help me to better contextualize computers and how they work in our lives. And I like that. It's like understanding how and why we use computers for certain things and what they do and what they're meant to do and why they were built that way. That is useful. There is no harm in learning that.
0: Yeah, is that I, fair? I, I lo- yeah, it, it is 100% fair. And I don't remember how I stumbled upon this particular series. I wish I would remembered, but... I started watching it, and it was quickly apparent to me that at least in the beginning, I only made it like ten episodes in before I ran out of time. I, I happened to have a like mellow day when I watched a few of these. I don't know, maybe the rest of the family was napping, whatever. But the point is, I made through like the first ten, and I loved it. And at, within the first ten or so, I felt like, well, I've seen or I, I've learned in the past pretty much everything that they talked about. But it was a super approachable way to either learn it for the first time or kind of refresh my memory, because I haven't thought about a lot of this stuff since college. And so I love that it is super, super, super approachable. And what's really great about it, since I've seen the first few, and I'm not really going to spoil it necessarily, but suffice to say, they're right that the first one is the best possible place to start, but you could jump in at episode 20 and you'd be fine. And I was hopeful and I and I am really enthusiastic that it sounds like you are willing to do this entire course, if you will. And because if you are willing, you, the listener, you, Mike Hurley, you, anyone, if if you're willing to go from episode one on, it it will what what'll end up happening, I suspect, is you'll just learn these new things. But then by like episode five or ten, I'll say to you, hey, you know how we were talking about, you know, link linked lists? Well, if you think about it. And if you peel back a layer, that's really just a bunch of pointers. And if you peel back a layer, that's just a bunch of memory. If you peel back a layer, that's just a bunch of gates. If you peel back a layer, that's just a bunch of transistors. If you peel back a layer, you know what I mean? And so it's just like you said. It's just abstraction on abstraction on abstraction on abstraction. And that's what makes computers so cool. And to to use me as an example, my day-to-day is programming in Swift, which means I need to know how Swift works. And I need to know the mechanisms by which I affect things on on an iOS device, but I don't need to know about, well, generally speaking, I don't need to know about like frame buffers. I don't need to know about what registers are working in the CPU at what time. I don't need to know about individual instructions in the CPU. That's all way abstracted from me. I don't have to think about that. And, and that's, what's super cool. And so if you, again, the Royal you is willing to walk this path from the bottom and we're going to learn in either the next episode or the one following, like what is a transistor even? And how does that work? And one of the early episodes is what is an and gate? which sounds really unapproachable, but Carrie-Anne does a tremendous job of making it approachable. And if you're, again, Royal U, if you're willing to stick with it and kind of slog through the first couple because they're not going to seem terribly relevant, all of a sudden they're going to say, hey, you put a bunch of this stuff together and suddenly you have RAM. And you look at, you're like, wait, what? That's all RAM is? That The 32 gigs of RAM that's in these fancy pants iMac Pros is just a 11 gazillion you know, of these units? And that's what's so just amazing about this. And I think, Mike, for you specifically, since you're so into this stuff, but don't really have the the computer science education that some of us have, I think you especially will really, really enjoy this. And I'm overjoyed that you were this enthusiastic about the first episode, because I had a feeling that maybe you'd say, OK, that was interesting, but can we just skip forward to the stuff I care about? You know, can we just skip forward to... I don't know, basic programming languages or something along those lines. And it sounds like you're willing to walk this walk.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many we're going to do per show or whatever. Like, I don't think sure, we're sure, going to sure. do one for one. We might end up doing two sometimes. Like, I'll work that mm-hmm. out, like, based upon the length of the episodes and stuff. Like, it, it might be a little bit higgledy-piggledy for a bit. Um, <laughs> just work, I mean, because, like, one is has been quite a lot, but we're also doing setup, So I think, like, I will do two for the next episode, most likely, and we'll see how that goes um but i yeah i for all of the reasons that you mentioned i'm interested in this like learning some of the basics and the the context and the thinking behind these different layers of computers i mean that's not i mean this is one i'm interested in right but it's stuff that i don't particularly know so let me let me tell you about some of the things i learned today casey yes please so i learned about how uh complex abacuses are i i never really considered i mean i i don't know how to use an abacus do you know how to use an abacus
0: yeah yeah i had one as like a cheap piece of garbage one as a kid which i don't know why but i loved using it even though i don't sure. even know what i was like counting but i just thought it was so much fun to play with it
1: like either i learned this in school or don't never did or don't remember or whatever but the idea of like the one ten one hundred one thousand 100 1000 like the lines mm-hmm. i didn't know that um, like it, that was the thing that I learned today, maybe for the second time, but I learned it. But and also the idea of like an abacus as storage, I what, that like blew my mind, right? That you could just leave it in a fixed state and change the numbers based upon something changing. So like yeah, you could yeah. have an abacus specifically dedicated to keeping track of how many cows you own, which is an mm-hmm. example that they used, and amend it as more and less cows, but like. You just keep it as it is and you have a visual sign of like yeah, it was I thought it was really smart. And like the idea that like abacus were abacuses were created once the population became greater than what humans could keep in their heads and like their needs. So they had to create something that could keep the numbers. And this like it started me off on this train of thought, which I paused the video, wrote these notes down, and then Carrie Ann said the exact same thing. But, so I thought it was kind of hilarious. But it started mm-hmm. me off on this thought that, like, this idea that, like, a computer was created. That's what this episode is not being about, really. Computers, A computer was created and then adapted upon and growing based upon the needs of humans and, like, what we have. And, like, it's a pretty simple statement that I think sums up every computer advancement that has happened and will ever happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah.
1: We have these leaps when our brains can no longer keep track of what we need. So, like, we get an iPhone when our heads can no longer keep track of our calendars and our contacts anymore. So we need a computer that goes in our hands that can remember it so we don't have to. And, like, these modern advances in our lives, they, like, progress alongside these, like, the needs of the machines that we have. So Carrie-Anne uses a Charles Babbage quote to like expand upon this, which is, at each increase of knowledge, as well as, on, as well as on the contrivance of every new tool, human labor becomes abridged. So like, as these computers get better and better, the amount of work that humans need to do decreases. But I like looking at it from the other side, that as our work starts to strain us, we need better computers. And that's kind of how computers grow and have grown and continue to and will always right? Like our computers are getting faster and more capable, like an iMac pro based upon the needs that we have as humans. So like our needs are pushing against what the computers can give us. So more powerful computers are made. And I find that to be just a very basic, but very interesting way of looking at it. Um, So they go on to talk about, Oh, the first computers were humans, which is genius. The term computer is a human between 16 and 1800. There were people who created like these mathematical charts that were used to instead like what we would use a computer for to calculate a trajectory. Well, somebody wrote those down. They worked them out and put them in a book and they were computers. Uh, there was the step reckoner, which I learned about today, which is like a mechanical calculator, um, which was the step up from the abacus. Um, so it would use these like pegs and you would turn all these wheels and stuff to do more complex mathematics it could do addition and subtraction, but it could take hours or days to work out answers, which is hilarious to me to think of. <laughs> um, then there was Charles Babbage's Difference Engine, which I've heard about uh, before because I remember when it was completed in 1991 um, because he never did. He worked on it for 20 years and couldn't complete the Difference Engine. but uh, but somebody in a group of historians in 91 completed it. And it's just like an incredibly complex computing machine. Like a big, these are all calculators, right? That's all they are at this point. They just keep track of numbers. But uh, Babbage also had the idea of the analytics engine, uh, which was a more general purpose computer. And Ada Lovelace wrote theoretical programs for it. And it is said that the ideas that Babbage put forward for the analytical, the analytical engine. Inspired, what we have today as computers, and it's why Babbage is considered the father of computing, because the the ideas that he put forward at that point kind of informed everything that we have. Am I following along the right lines? I am also, by the way. Mm -hmm. Your job here is to correct me if I get something wrong. (laughs) I just want you to know that 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 is your job.
0: Um, No, totally. And and to build on what you were saying about the analytical engine, you know, it, it. I did a school report on this when I was in like grade grade school or something like that, and it. You could make an argument, and most have, that all of the basic components of a modern computer are in the analytical engine. And like you said, the difference engine was a very, 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 very fancy calculator. But the analytical engine was basically a true-to-form mechanical computer. It had temporary memory. It had input. It had output. It had a processing unit. You know, all of the things that you would think about in a modern-day computer, it had a rough analogous equivalent thereof you know, as it was designed in what, the late 1800s or something like that, whatever it was, it was forever ago. So it, th- this is why, just as you said, Babbage is considered the father of computing because he was the first person that really put together what all the pieces are to do general purpose computing where, you know, it's it's not designed to only operate on addition, subtraction, multiplication, and, and, and what am I forgetting? Division. Um, it, it It could do any number of different things. And that's what made the analytical engine so special.
1: Um, then there was uh, one computer that did get used during this period of time because the difference engine couldn't be because it couldn't be completed was Hollerith's tabulating machine um, which was created to to help with the US census because it was going to take like to try and do it by paper it was going to take like 15 years or something to do the census which is longer than the period of time that the census is, should be completed in and this was the first punch card machine so the tabulating machine, which Holler created, you would take a card and you would fill out the information. So you tell like, I'm married, I'm male, I'm female. Like you, you would type the, you would just like punch the holes in. You put it in the machine and then the machine would add one to those columns. Um, and it took, I think, two years to complete the sen- this specific mm-hmm. census that it was created for rather than the like 13 or 15 that was going to be done by paper. Then the real kicker to this, which I love, the this became uh, the tabulating machine then grew the tabulating machine company which joined up with a bunch of other companies and created IBM which is yeah. wonderful
0: and that's particularly poignant for me because my dad worked for IBM for my entire childhood like he retired from IBM what 3 or 4 years ago and although he was not at IBM when i was born he was at IBM when i was like 2 or something like that so basically my entire first you know 20 years of my life were all all but entirely attributable to IBM right because the dad was the only breadwinner in the family and he worked for IBM for like 25 or 30 years and so it's particularly you know I'll use the word emotional for me to see IBM mentioned so early because you know IBM will always have a special place in my heart despite not wanting to use any of those computers ever again
1: (laughs) the ThinkPad though man that's
0: what it's all about ThinkPad's so good
1: but yeah that's I really enjoyed it I learned some interesting things today about abacuses and early computers and like the tabulating machine and Babbage that was some cool stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think the important thing, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, the important thing to stress is, I don't remember if it's the next episode the one after that, but there there gets to a couple of places where it gets a little bit intense. And I don't want you or, or, or our listeners to get too um, di- like disappointed or distracted by it. If you don't understand the every intricacy of everything that Carrie Ann says, that's okay. It's fine. The only the idea is to just understand the broad strokes of what she's talking about. So when she starts talking about and versus X or versus or and things like that, if you don't really understand the specifics about why these are different and why that matters, that's OK. As long as you understand the broad strokes of what's happening, that's all that I think I'm looking for anyone to get out of this. And if you're willing to walk this walk with us, presumably through most of 2018, because there's something like 40 episodes of the show, um, if you're willing to walk this walk, I think you'll. Anyone listening and anyone participating will have a much better understanding about how this stuff works. And as an example, a relevant and 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 timely example, this stuff that's going on with Intel about you know pre uh, speculative execution and things like that. If if we can get through the first you know, know ten fifteen episodes of the show. I think it will be much easier for you to understand, again, royal you, to understand what this is about and why this is dangerous than had you, than you, than you would be if I tried to explain it right now. Um, and so I'm super, super happy that you're enthusiastic about this. And to just kind of uh, triple down on something you said earlier, I, I wrote down a quote that she said, and you, you kind of paraphrased it earlier, but it was so good that I want to read it verbatim. And she said, computers can seem pretty complicated, but really they're just simple machines that perform complex actions through many layers of abstraction. And I would build on that and saying, computers do simple math really friggin' fast. And that's all they are. And so if you really understand that all this comes down to is basic math, it's just happening effectively instantly. That's really all a computer is. And and if you if you really embrace that thought and, and if you take that thesis as true. I think you're you're in for a real treat cuz this this series is tremendous.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm happy that I'm doing this. This is really good. I I'm I'm I learned a lot today uh and I think that it's I think that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I'm on board, man. Go team. Thank you for thank you for pushing me onto this. So, next time maybe I'll try and watch a couple uh
0: and we'll move on from yeah. there. Yeah, which may or may not be, probably won't be the next released version of this show. So uh, it is extremely likely that I'm going to be temporarily fired from the show for the next episode. Uh, And I honestly don't know what Mike has planned for that. So it'll be a surprise to me as well. But the episode that we will hopefully record on the eve of Mike's 30th birthday, we will watch, we'll, we'll, we'll assume that we are going to watch the next two episodes of Crash Course Computer Science, which should be a total of roughly 20 to 20 to 20 to 30 minutes. Um, And, and if you, if that changes, then we'll tweet from one of our accounts or the show account or something and say, Hey, we're only watching one or we're going to watch seven or whatever the case may be. Cool. All right, Mike. Uh, Next time I talk to you, I think you will be on the verge of 30, and I will have two screaming children in the house.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Good luck. Yeah, thank you.